You're listening to Make and Multiply, a podcast devoted to equipping the members of Emmaus Road Church to make and multiply disciples of Jesus Christ in the city of Sioux Falls. The people of Emmaus Road are committed to regular rhythms of gathering and scattering. We gather corporately in worship on Sunday mornings. We gather in missional communities and discipleship huddles. And we scatter throughout our city where we want to give every resident of Sioux Falls repeated opportunities to hear and respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Make and Multiply. My name is Matt Groon, pastoral resident here at Mace Road Church, and joined this time with just my friend, Ryan Chase, uh, elder and pastor at Emmaus. Um, good to have you. Love this time to sit down and so just good. chat. Um, and today, the topic, the topic of conversation is kind of asking the question, how do we at Emmaus, how, how do we practice counseling? Um you know, one of our convictions is that pastors are meant to protect the flock, feed the flock, um, shelter and protect and guide and lead all those things, all these verbs to help, Mm -hmm. but primarily to do it through the word, right? Right. It's the ministry of the word in in Acts five, when the, when the institution of the deacons are given, uh, deacons are people who are given more of the administrative tasks of the actual running of the church so that the elders, in this case, the the apostles were freed up for the ministry of the word. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's one. And we, we, I think you would agree. We put counseling under that, Mm -hmm. under the ministry of the word. So question for you. Mm -hmm. um, And I've, I've been counseled by you. I've been, I've been in rooms where you're counseling others. It's just been, I know that you've put a ton of focus and time um, into this and have served countless people in counseling. So question, how do you primarily view counseling and what, you know, just give us a little bit of your, uh, your Emmaus's, um, kind of paradigm for counseling. Yeah. Uh, personally, you know, maybe my own story would be helpful for some context. Um, and want to acknowledge the role that, uh, Nate and Jenna Grote played mm. in this process. Um, There's names goes, we haven't heard in a while. Yeah, wow. go, going back several years, Nate and Jenna were members of our church. Yes. Um, they were the and, first ones who ever spoke to us. Really? We, we came back, the first, first Sunday we ever came, sat, you know, back then it was like, what, 40 people mm-hmm. uh, in the cafeteria, and they sat in front of us, and as soon as, like literally as soon as Greg had given the benediction, Nate sp- <laughs> spun around and was like, Welcome. How are you? And just introduced himself to With us. With his so. sunglasses on? Yeah, over his head, yeah. Yep. <laughs> just sweet, sweet couple. So yeah. they, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So uh, Nate and Jana were familiar with biblical counseling mm. as a category and um, ACBC, the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, um, I think from the time they had spent at Boyce College and sure. um, other connections that they had. And so Nate asked me at one point, what do you think about biblical counseling? And I was just kind of like... Um, yeah, sure. Sound fine. You know, sounds good. I like the Bible. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I just didn't know what exactly he was talking about. Right. Um, and I don't remember how I got my hands on this book, but I had a copy of a book called Counseling the Hard Cases uh, by Heath Lambert and a bunch of other contributors, Steve Viers and, and some others. Each chapter is written by a different biblical counselor or pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I started reading that book and like the light bulb just went on for me. This is what Nate was talking about. This is biblical counseling. Mm-hmm. And it just lined up with other convictions that I already had. So it was more like just an automatic, 
Well, of course, yeah. because the underlying convictions behind biblical counseling um, are the convictions we have about Scripture. Right. Namely, uh, Scripture is authoritative. It is God's own word, which means whatever you do with the Bible, you do with God. You, if you believe it, receive it, trust it, you're accepting God. You're trusting mm. God. If you reject it, you're rejecting God. So it has authority. It can lay claims on us. Yeah, that's good. It tells us what to do and what not to do. And whatever scripture forbids really is sin against God himself. And whatever God commands through his word really is pleasing to God and glorifies God. So that's a foundational conviction. Um, the sufficiency of scripture is another mm. foundational conviction that scripture is sufficient for all of life. And I think the way that I try to articulate that is um, we believe that God has said everything we need God to say for all of life, which isn't the same as saying God has said everything that we want him to say about right. every possible category. God right. is there's not a, Wikipedia. There's, the there's Bible's a difference not, between sufficient and exhaustive. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there are lots of things you're not going to find in right. the Bible. You're not going to find step by step, you know, how to plumb a kitchen sink. Um, however, you are going to find everything that a plumber needs to be a plumber to the glory of God. That's right. To live by faith, to obey God, to be honest, mm-hmm. and all of that. So scripture has all that we need to please God, glorify him, trust him in all of life. Mm-hmm. And um, his, his word is authoritative. And so when you bring those two things together and then you look at um, human beings and the kinds of problems that we face you realize wherever you have human beings, you have a soul, you have a a human spirit there. We are embodied souls. And so even if our problems are precipitated by, you know, financial issues or uh, a physical illness or whatever else the, the circumstances are, if you have humans there, then you have a soul that needs to be cared for. And so always along with, problems at work or stresses with money or whatever, you've got soul issues Mm -hmm. that need to be, there's a person there to be cared for. And God's word speaks to those things. You you might also need a doctor. You might also need, uh, you know, a lawyer or a a tax professional or whatever. Um, but you always need God's word Mm -hmm. to deal with those heart issues. And, and so that for me began to, um, give a lot of clarity and focus to convictions I already held, but applying them in this area of counseling mm. where I previously had kind of just thought, you know, like our culture, um, counseling therapy, that, that's, that's a different branch. And oftentimes in a lot of churches, the practices that, um, pastors just refer anybody with heart issues, um, or what our culture calls mental health issues right. to those therapists. They outsource all of that. They just refer people to others. And the approach of biblical counseling is just based on this conviction, God's word is enough. Mm -hmm. And God has called pastors to minister God's word, not just up front to the congregation through preaching, but one-to-one sitting down at a table and opening God's word and applying it to the specific um, areas of unbelief and sin and idolatry and problems in individual lives. And so uh, Nate, again, was helpful to me at one point. He just said, well, you know, the reason we call it counseling is because in our culture, when people have problems, what do they Google? They're going to Google, they're they're looking for a counselor or a therapist. Mm -hmm. That's just kind of the default. I have a problem. This is where I go. Um, In our culture, people don't think, oh, I have 
heart problems. I need a pastor who knows God's word to help me understand how God addresses this issue. Mm-hmm. And and so that was helpful when Nate just said, it, really all we're talking about is discipleship. Yeah. And I think for some people, counseling can have a stigma around it, or it can be very, um, kind of this, the, a, a mystique. Yeah. You, you picture a psychiatrist or, you know, a psychologist with a, a couch in their office and yeah. you go lay down there and <laughs> tell the, the shrink your problems. And, right. um, it, and, and so a lot of times people are like, well, I don't want to do that. Um, or that feels like a crisis right. situation. Yeah, I'm that's not only for bad. people in, in extreme right. crisis. But when you just think of it as discipleship, mm-hmm. really that's that's what it is, or one another care or soul care, um, that makes it accessible, I think, to the whole church. Right. And th- so that has had a significant effect on my journey in pastoral ministry mm. because out of that then came this conviction pastors should not be outsourcing or referring people to others to go handle soul problems. That's, that's what God has called us to do. Right. Um, th- that is our responsibility to bring God's word to bear to real people in our church and the problems and, and challenges that they face, relational problems, um, heart problems, sin problems, addictions, life-dominating sins, all, all of those things that God's word speaks to these things, and that's that's our responsibility. So for me, then, that began a, a journey of training through ACBC that was uh, personally incredibly helpful, reading, lectures, uh, exams, observation, a whole process there we can talk more about, but... Um, and then beginning to just practice and make available mm. um, biblical counseling in our church yeah. to the people in our church. And then um, I do occasionally counsel people outside of our church who are referred by those in our church. Um, and so I I went through that process to get certified by ACBC mm-hmm. as a, a biblical counselor. And um, that, that's a little bit of an overview of, of my journey, but yeah. a deep conviction of mine now that um, God's word addresses all of our problem emotions and problem behaviors and it's sufficient for those things. And, uh, we all at one time or another find ourselves in situations where we just need somebody else to help us apply that and see that. Yeah. I, I remember, um, going to the pastors, my first pastor's conference back in 2017. Um, it was my first one. I went with you uh, we stayed in the same room because neither of our wives were there. Mm-hmm. And I remember you reading that whole week mm. this. It was um, the theology of biblical counseling yeah, by yeah. Keith Lambert. Keith Lambert. And uh, you were just like, I think you came into the room one time. We're like, I'm all in. <laughs> I'm, I'm all in. Yep. And it had such an effect on you and it was evident. And then to see now how that's progressed, you know, six years later and how that's served this church is incredible. Um, I remember in college, uh, my professor who I, I was really close with, um, he has a PhD, uh, from, uh, Westminster mm-hmm. in, uh, Philadelphia in biblical counseling. Yeah. Um, and Westminster is kind of ground zero of where a right. lot of this developed and matured for the church. Exactly. And, and Jay he, Adams. And I remember him in class telling me all pastors are counselors. And in fact, all Christians are counselors, because all of us have access to this word. Mm-hmm. Um, and this word is what we need most of all. And it really like 
you know, if you if you've been a part of our church for any length of time, you've heard us talk about things like gospel fluency and uh, gospel centered everything, and and all these words. What we're after, even just the way we structure our delivery system, is to build up each other into practicing this very thing. So, um, you know, to kind of remove the wall, if you will, that stigma that you're talking about between the extreme cases right. uh, and you know, everyday life. Well, that doesn't need the word. No, mm-hmm. it all needs the word right. and it all needs, and it all, the word applies to all of it. That's right. Um, now I, it might be helpful, Ryan, to, to talk through, um, maybe, I don't know, navigate for us. When, when should someone hmm. seek mm-hmm. more of a, you know, more acute mm-hmm. biblical counseling? Um, and, and what about <laughs> medicine? Mm-hmm. What about, chemistry? What about all those things? Does, I mean, the Bible doesn't do that, does it? Yeah. Well, a lot of topics there. Um, again, maybe just to give a, a basic definition of, of counseling, Heath Lambert is helpful. I love his definition. He just says, counseling is when someone with questions or problems or needs or concerns goes looking for answers hmm. or solutions or help from somebody they think might have help for them. Right. Um, which means a lot of people are using Google as their counselor. You know, they they have problems and they're look, looking for help and they Google it or now with, you know, chat GPT and people yeah. are using that as a, a therapist. They're just taking their problems. I'm hoping maybe I can find some help here. Right. Um, or, or like legal counsel. Yep. You're, you're, they call you, them you counselors for a reason because you're, you're counseling somebody right. through the maze of the courtroom. Yeah. So this happens if you, if you think of counseling that way, mm-hmm. then you see it is happening all over the place. Yeah. You get on the phone and you call your mom who lives states away to talk through a problem. What do I do, mom? <laughs> um, you stand at the water cooler and you know vent to a coworker about some challenge you have, say, you know, in your family or with your finances or with one of your kids, or you, you have a problem and you're hoping maybe this person could just have some help, some advice, a word of encouragement. So, so that's, that's what counseling is. And, and biblical counseling is just specifically that conviction that um, God's word offers those solutions mm-hmm. and, and gives us that direction. So um, I kind of took off in another direction. You were asking, when, do, when does somebody know, you know that they should pursue more Intense. Formal or yeah. intense, um, yeah, formal specific. Would, formal would be a better word because yeah, I think in, it, that's how we would categorize it. Right. Like I'm going to set up a schedule. I'm going to reach right. out to a pastor right. and get more formal. Yeah. So that, that's why I start with that definition that counseling can happen in informal or formal settings. It could just be a casual conversation that's not scheduled, but right. nonetheless, you find yourself sharing a problem with a friend and you hope your friend has some answers or you schedule a time and you sit down and you meet and, yeah. and it becomes a regular time and you meet weekly, that, that would seem more formal. I, I, I think of it kind of like triage in a hospital. Um, as Christians, we want all of our conversations to be gospel-centered. Mm-hmm. We talk about this at Emmaus Road all the time. Um, so in the normal course of life, our delivery system, the way we're doing this is just through our discipleship huddles. Right. Um, so the normal life of a believer, we're gathering on Sunday mornings, we hear God's word there. We're gathering in our huddles. We're pointing one another to the gospel. We're dealing with sin and idolatry in our own lives. But sometimes we do find ourselves in situations where the problem is more acute and persistent, chronic. Um, and it's just, you know, it's thoughts that are just lodged there. And, and the 
worry and anxiety won't go away or the guilt is just lingering or, um, you know, it, it just feels particularly overwhelming or the sadness is just deeper than ordinary sadness. And it just starts to become a despair and a discouragement and depression in life. And so you find yourself in a situation like that where more urgent help Mm. is needed, more specific attention is needed to to give um, application of God's word to those issues. And so I I think that's, that's one way to know, just, you know, every believer needs this counseling of application of the word in everyday life. Sometimes we just know these problems are piling up and feeling more overwhelmed, right? Persist drowning a little bit, affecting my life, Mm -hmm. like daily life. I can't get a handle on it. Right. Yeah, definitely. It it is helpful to remember that like with that definition of counseling, like you're right, it's happening all the time and it's happening you know, you're being counseled by better or worse or more trusting and not trusting sources. Yeah. So it matters to whom you go to for counsel. Right. Um, and so that's why it's helpful to think of biblical counseling as well. We want to go to people who know the word, yeah. have studied and spent a lot of time in it and have also the authority to apply it right. in a way that is, you know, not just. Yeah. Cause you know, advice you know, is saying you should do this or I would do this. And, and advice can be, like you said, good or bad. Um, it can be right or wrong. Right. And there are some issues that are non-moral things. Mm. You know, hey, Matt, should I get the chocolate or the vanilla ice cream? Vanilla. <laughs> Sometimes you're just looking for a recommendation from somebody. <laughs> non-moral thing. Right. But when we find ourselves in problem situations in life with problematic behaviors in our own lives that we see or um, unwanted <laughs> Uh, negative emotions, mm. uh, what the, the kind of advice people give, what to do about that, what, what do you do with that? Mm-hmm. Um, that advice, that, this is where it just clicks when you know, well, it's our conviction. God's word is the, the highest and final authority on everything. Um, psychology means the study of the soul, the, the Greek word soukos. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. Isn't psychology the study of the mind, Ryan? Isn't that like when people go to study psychology, aren't they going to learn brain chemistry and neurons and behaviors and... Well, soukos. The soul. You're talking a different language, right? Greek. (laughs) (laughs) The the inner inner man. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, Yeah. So psychology is the study of the soul. And when you start there, who, who knows the human soul? Maybe um, the one who made it, the the maker of the human soul, and has he told uh, us anything in his word about our souls and what the real problem in our soul is, mm. and what the remedy is, and this this salvation that has been provided for our souls, and y- y- you start there. What is the soul, and who knows it best? We should go to God, and it also I think just to jump in, also there's coming out of it is a or at the bottom of it is a core conviction about. Um, the nature of truth, the mm-hmm. nature of reality, the nature of Absolutely. all things, that there is no neutral ground. There is no square inch where Christ does not rule over. And if that's true and not just a slogan we put up you know, on our cover pages and on our Twitter bios, but if that's actually true, then it matters when life comes at me and problems arise, yeah. what I do with it. Um, if I just assume, well, a, a a clinical psychiatrist is a neutral actor. He knows what's best for me. And, um, well, 
<laughs> either God rules and has is the creator and sustainer over all things and words like good and healthy mm-hmm. and normal and all these other value words mm-hmm. matter and they need definition from someone. Right. And it's our conviction that the word, which is his, the, the creator's revelation to us for all things, for life and godliness, that that is our standard. Yeah. Um, and, you know, everything else is to be, is to be governed and compared yeah, to measured that by that standard. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So when you think about psychology, it's so broad and there are yeah. so many different psychologies. You know, you've got Jungian psychology and Freudian psychology and Rogerian psychology and, and, and hundreds and hundreds just, of others. You know, you're making up words. Yeah, I am. <laughs> yeah. But it sounds good. So when you, the, the reason you have hundreds and hundreds of psychologies is because you have hundreds and thousands of people right. trying to study the inner workings of a human being through their own observation with their own mind as the highest authority. Yes. Rather than starting with God's word, what does God's word tell us about humans and the human condition and the right. human need and, the, and, and God's remedy for that? Um, and, and so... You know, on the one hand, we would acknowledge that based on all of that observation, some of that observation is is helpful when people categorize, hey, look, thousands of people struggle with things in this way and thousands of people, millions of people struggle with these sets of thoughts and and behaviors. And um, those observations are helpful and not surprising you from a Christian perspective sins tend to come in bunches like mm-hmm. grapes. You, you've yeah. got th- these sins tend to manifest together and not surprising that where you have this sin running rampant, um, it also tends to have these expressions mm-hmm. and manifestations and whatever. So uh, on the observational side, that can be helpful. The The question, what do you do about the problem? What's the remedy? What's the remedy? That's where if the human mind is your highest authority. You're just going to have people coming up with their best guess about what to do about it. Right. Um, right. And if, always if, missing the mark. If psychology, and we'll just, for, for when we say that capital P, mm-hmm. like secular, everything, if that is a science, if you will, um, it may be, it might be uh, possible to do thorough diagnosis, right? It might be possible to come to, to say, here's what is. Yeah, you're describing. You're describing. Mm -hmm. Descriptive is possible. Mm -hmm. But as soon as you start prescribing, as soon as you start saying, well, here's how it ought to be, you've moved out of science. Mm -hmm. You've moved. But into counseling, because now you're telling somebody what to do. Exactly. You're moving into counseling, moving into um, morality. I mean, Mm -hmm. you're you're moving into a a theory and uh, you're moving towards a direction with words that now have different meanings Mm -hmm. and things that science, if you will, Mm -hmm. cannot answer. Mm -hmm. You cannot get an ought. Out of what is right, you need to turn to something greater. You need mm-hmm. to turn to something overall, and but they, sh- you know, we sure try and answer things through is, yeah. But you can't get ought out of is. Um, we need a revelation. We need something deeper. We need something greater from the one who is actually the one who can. So you know, this is actually good. Yep. So we ought to be that way. That's right. It, Maybe that's last thing. We probably have time just for one last mm-hmm. thing. I need to make this multiple parts. Maybe. Because <laughs> it, it is this important because this is the life of the Christian is is wrestling with these realities and wrestling in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So maybe help us one last kind of we're in this, this the world of between biblical counseling and secular counseling. Mm. What about uh, medicine? Mm. What about prescriptions? Mm. What, isn't there aren't there times where we just need a drug to mm-hmm. take that will fix mm-hmm. us? I don't know if you notice this. I, I like to take your questions and then add in my own questions. It's fine. I'm, <laughs> that's fine. If I can, um, m- maybe even just to comment on kind of the difference between biblical counseling and Christian counseling as well, and throwing that into, you know, so secular counseling clearly coming from an unbelieving worldview, the human mind is the highest authority. Um, Christian counseling yes. is, is a thing. Um, See, these words are unhelpful. (laughs) (laughs) It's not that we're not Christians. Right. (laughs) The difference between biblical counseling and Christian counseling isn't Christ. Or it's not, you know, it's not that we're using, we're Christians and they're not. Right. Uh, There's there's deeper. Yeah. In general, Christian counseling as opposed to biblical counseling is professing Christians who are using uh, a psychology or therapy from the world, but mm-hmm. saying, since I'm a Christian, I can connect some Bible verses to this. Um, and, and some of that can be helpful. And I think the dangers though, are that the underlying framework mm-hmm. for it all is still coming from a secular psychology. So it's not using God's word as the starting point. It's using God's word more as a, a supplemental thing. Right. So it's saying really to know the inner workings of humans, we need this secular psychology framework, and then we can connect some Bible verses to that. Whereas biblical counseling starts with, as, you know, as its starting point, God's word mm. and, and works from there. And, and then, you know, medicine, certainly in our culture, um, mental health is a, a common phrase mm-hmm. that we hear. Um, and biblical counseling is not opposed to medicine right. or medical care at all. Again, like the example I gave earlier, if somebody has financial trouble, um, one of the first things I might do would be say, Hey, why don't you schedule an appointment with a, uh, you know, a financial advisor or a CPA or, you know, a, somebody who can, who's a professional in that area who could help you or somebody has legal trouble. Probably a good idea would be talk to a lawyer who knows the law and can help you with those things. And then what I want to do is address the issues of the heart Mm. because just talking to a professional in one of those areas is not going to necessarily address the issues of the heart. And so if somebody has a real physiological organic problem that they're facing, you know, obvious ones say they've got a hip problem and they need a hip replacement or they have a cancer diagnosis and they're Mm. facing chemotherapy or, you know, there's some, objective physiological problem. Yes, by all means, see a doctor. Um, and some, some of those things are less obvious, but you could go in and have just a general workover, have labs taken, might come back that some of your hormones are out of balance. And you can identify some of these problems I'm facing might be related to those things. And you're still a human with a soul. Right. And so you still need God's word there. So, you know, d- does a, a cancer patient have any heart issues, probably fears and Mm -hmm. worries and questions about life and death and Mm -hmm. loved ones and all kinds of stuff that God's word is going to address. And so the distinction that I I try to encourage people to keep in mind there is the the Bible talks about us as holistic body and soul beings, and it doesn't draw like a strict line between those, like, you know, 
never the twain shall meet. It, it's there we're connected. Right. Um, and so scripture oftentimes speaks about the physical effects of sin. Like Psalm 32, David says, when I tried to hide my sin, hmm. my bones wasted away. Right. So sin and guilt really can have physical symptoms. Uh, we know this, like you ever have a pit in your stomach or butterflies in your stomach or, you know, physical, you, you can't, eat, you lose your appetite because you're so nervous about a test that's coming up right. or a relational problem yeah. you're, you're walking through. A like physiological response to right. an emotional soul yes. disturbance. Yeah. And, and, and it goes the other way. Mm-hmm. If you are, if your body is wasting away, we see this in the book of Job, Job has physical afflictions. He's mm-hmm. sitting there in the ashes, scraping sores off his skin. That has an effect on your soul. Yes. That is trying. If, if you have endured chronic pain or some serious illness that just weakens the soul. Right. Um, and, and so you need to be built up there. And so I think just having that biblical, those categories helps us to know we need to take the whole thing into account and it helps us to start to discern, you know, it's possible that some of these physical symptoms, uh, you know, there are people who have, gut issues and they go in to see the doctor and the doctor's like, well, you know, can't really see anything else that's causing this. And it turns out it's, it's just a ton of stress in life that they're not processing and and dealing with well. So yes, not a bad idea to see a doctor, but really what needs to happen is getting a handle on some of those other things in life, responding to those stresses in godly ways. And, and then people find, wow, uh, the physical problems went away. Yeah. Cause even if you are, you know, quote unquote healed through physiological mm-hmm. medicine, you're still, a, your heart's still going with you through right. all that. Yep. Your, your, your soul, you are still going through that. Yep. And you, you find on the other side that has all, all those quote unquote problems, those, those, you know, things have come along with you and That's you right. haven't gotten rid of them yet. So yep. it's always a process of living as a Christian in this world, mm-hmm. living as a Christian a body in this and a soul. physical world around us and, mm-hmm. and, and, and acting and living as God calls us to right. in this world. And, and I think the, the caution, uh, sometimes biblical counseling gets this reputation. People have a, a perception that biblical counselors are against medicine or trying to keep people off of medicine. Um, and, and I think that gets distorted um, so, I, you know, that's why I would start by affirming body and soul. We need care for both. Um, the distinction that I find really helpful, though, is when it comes to body issues, um, the goal is to identify real, objective, organic mm-hmm. things that mm-hmm. are going on. Um, and what I've noticed in the healthcare world today is hospitals. creep more and more and more into the soul side of things because Mm -hmm. when you're dealing with people with physical problems, you're finding they have soul issues going on as well. And and we have to address the whole person to give adequate care. And and so then that's where unbiblical advice and counsel and recommendations can start to creep in when people who are not starting with God's word are trying to do the soul care side of things. The other problem that I think we have to watch out for is, um, uh, it's common to kind of take this chemical imbalance view of things like anxiety and depression. Um, the interesting thing is, you know, I oftentimes will encourage somebody, Hey, when was the last time you had a physical, go and see a doctor, could be your thyroid levels are off, could be uh, other things. So go check those things. By all means, um, 
And then if the doctor can pinpoint something because the labs that are drawn and they have some medication or dietary changes or recommendations that by all means do that. The, the danger is when, um, there were, there are no labs drawn there. There's no scan. There's no organic cause. It's just, Oh, we know the problem. The chemicals are off. But if you ask the question, what chemicals and how far off are they and where, what levels should they be at? And you know, how how are we going to, all these aughts? Yeah. (laughs) How are we going to measure again? to know, you know what lab are you going to take to, to see if they're back in place. Mm. And there's nothing, there, there's no lab for that. Mm. Um, you know, there's no test or scan or, or anything. Th- that's when um, I tend to be more skeptical about, is that practicing medicine or is that attempting to just, um, you know, get at heart issues through medicine? Exactly. Um, yeah. So, And we are just the, a hyper-medicated society. Mm-hmm. There's a drug for everything. Mm-hmm. And, and while it might alleviate the symptoms, it does not actually, especially, and you know, particularly with heart issues, it mm-hmm. might alleviate the symptoms, but we need God's word to penetrate us. It reminds yeah. me of, I think we were talking, I don't know if I said this on a podcast recently or where I said this, but it reminds me of Eustace when he is, um, when he becomes the dragon, he, he has to he, he, he might be able to try and scratch some of it away, but mm-hmm. Aslan says, you'll never go deep enough. Right. You need, I have to act mm-hmm. um, to remove this dragon from you. Yeah. Um, yep. And that, that's our conviction is the word penetrates us all the way down. Yep. It separates the bone and the marrow. It, it goes all the way to the soul. It goes down all the way and can actually be the thing that, yeah. that heals all the way down. Yep. Um, yeah. Much more we could say. I, I w- would just clarify last point on that. Yep. Um, I think, you know, if, if somebody is, has kind of gone down that route and has, is using, uh, antidepressants or anxiety medication, that's not a disqualifier. Mm. Um, I, I think that is, can be a stigma as well, mm. or like, oh no, I'm, I'm doing something wrong. I would say whatever y- you've looked to for help up to this point, because you still have a soul and a mind and a heart, you have thoughts and beliefs and desires. You also have to give attention to that. Mm. And, and using some other medication is not going to alleviate that, like the need to address that. Like you were just saying, you still have to deal with those things. Mm. And being on medication is not a disqualifier. Like, oh no, now this means I'm, I'm not, I can't deal right. with those heart things. Just give attention to those things. You, you still, whatever else you're doing to um, address the problem, you want to get down to the root in your heart and your mind, yeah. um, and, and having your mind renewed by the word of God yeah. so that you're seeing yourself and your problem. And ultimately you're seeing God rightly because you're, you're looking at it all through the lens of what he's revealed in his word. That's right. Uh, Paul says in Romans 12, I appeal to you, therefore brothers, by the mercy of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed, transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. So that's our, we want to do that. And, mm-hmm. and you know, as you guys know, Romans 12 comes after the opening 11 chapters of yep. the letter where he lays out the gospel. So all of this is only possible because of what Christ has done for us. Um, so if you're at a Mace Road Church and you want to avail, make Ryan available to you, um, really all the pastors available to you mm-hmm. to, to serve and to, um, to help you. And then 
you know, this is part of our discipleship. We want to mm-hmm. grow in this area in how to counsel one another, how to care for one another, mm-hmm. how to encourage one another. All those one another's come from God's word and are put on us. And we just, our conviction is that where else would we go? That's right. Where else would we turn for you have Christ has the words of eternal life. Mm-hmm. Um, and coming up, I don't know when we'll, this will get posted, but um, our goal is uh, March 26th, that Sunday morning from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. before our, our Sunday service, um, I'm planning to do just an hour long session, uh, an introduction to biblical counseling for those who are interested in pursuing training and certification in biblical counseling. Cause we do yes. have a vision to equip members of our church to engage in this ministry, have a vision to make that available to our community because it's a tremendous opportunity to share the gospel with people and point people to the hope available to us in God's word. Mm. Um, so if anybody's interested in, on that side of things of learning how to counsel and care for others with God's word at the center, um, March 26, 8.30 a.m. here at the church building. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, a lot more to be said. Maybe we'll do another round on this in the future. But um, yeah, Ryan, grateful for you and your work and your care. It's such an expression of care. That's what counseling is, an expression of care to others. Um, and it is God ultimately who does right. the work. So till next time. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Make and Multiply. If you have questions about anything related to discipleship huddles, missional communities, or gospel fluency, you can reach out to your missional community leader. And if you're not yet plugged into gospel community at Emmaus Road, visit us online at EmmausRoadSF.com.